0: Welcome to the Craft of Coaching Podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda. As director of a life coach training and certification program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve our skills and the industry. Learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification program at teamclcc.com. That's t e a m c l c c.com. And here's today's episode. Hey there everybody. It's Kate and welcome to our episode that's going to tackle a great question, one that I know that a lot of people want to know about. What is the average coaching salary? And this is not actually going to be a particularly long episode because there's not a particularly long answer to this question. So I'm going to break it down in a couple of pieces. As I go through each piece, um, questions might arise. You're always welcome to contact us if you have any questions. Um, But here we go. All right, so the average coaching salary. I run the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program. It's over at at tribeclcc.com. And every year, after our graduates finish, we survey them, and we do follow up too, and we ask them what their lives are like as coaches. What are they doing? Like, how many clients do they have? You know, how much money are they bringing in on average? We also ask them questions on how much time they're putting into marketing. Because there's, you know, legitimately a correlation between these two things, right? Like if somebody says, I'm only making $200 a month from coaching, and then they're putting 20 hours a week into marketing, that's a very different situation. It says something very different about the state of the industry. Then if somebody says, I'm only making $200 a month at coaching, and then you ask them, well, how much time are you spending marketing yourself? And then they say, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm not really spending time marketing myself. That's obviously a very, very different situation. So we ask our trainees these questions. And what we see is that it's not so much a correlation between the time someone spends marketing and how much money they're making. What we actually see is that there's more of a correlation with making more money and how long you have been out there. So this question, what is the average salary of a life coach? It is widely variant. I have seen some coach training organizations sidestep this question a little bit, you know, because a variation of this question, of course, is how much does the average coach earn? And I've seen some training organizations sidestep this question a little bit by going, well, many of our coaches charge, you know, $250 an hour for coaching. But that doesn't answer the question, right? How much someone charges And what people are actually earning from coaching are two very different things. And I find the manipulation of how that is phrased to be something that is somewhat predatory for people who are considering joining the coaching industry. So as you are considering joining the coaching industry, or if you already have, or if you're already in a training program, make sure that when you ask the question, how much do your coaches earn on average after they graduate, that you don't get the answer, well, they charge $250 an hour because what someone charges and what people actually earn are two very different things. We ask our graduates not what they charge, but what they're actually earning, and there's a huge range. We've got graduates who are earning $200 a month after graduation, and we've got graduates who are making $2,000 or more after graduation. We've got graduates who are having trouble finding clients and we've got graduates who are turning away clients and saying, you know, right now my my client load is too full. And, of course, that waxes and wanes as well, right? We've got graduates who, at the time that we survey them, don't have a lot of clients and then get more later. And we've got graduates who have a ton of clients at the time that we survey them and then they go through lulls in their business. The major point that I want to make and... I got to tell you, there, there are marketing people out there who would say that I am crazy to be so honest about this. major point that I want to make is that if you decide that where you want to take your coaching practice is in the direction of becoming an entrepreneur, you are going to find that it waxes and wanes. You're going to have months where you have more client inquiries than you even know what to do with. And that is both exciting and, (laughs) for most people, at least a little bit intimidating. And then you're going to have months where you're going, I am doing every single thing that I can to put myself out there. I cannot think of another thing that I could possibly be doing right now to put myself out there. And the clients are not coming. And it's like crickets. And I have myself going you know, is the coaching industry even legit? Now, regarding that, I heard someone or read someone uh, who said something very interesting about that recently. It was Tara Gentile. Um, her last name is spelled G-E-N-T-I-L-E. Tara Gentile really se- recently sent out a newsletter, and she was talking about people who were saying, I feel like there are too many other people in my market. There are just a ton of other people in my market. It feels like it's really overcrowded. And one thing that Tara Gentili pointed out is that if you sense that there are a lot of other people in your market, that means there's a demand for what is being sold. And I was thinking about this when she said this, and I was thinking about my husband, actually. My husband is a graphic designer. And currently, he is employed... Um, in the salaried sector, but for most of the time that I've known him, and we've been together for more than 10 years, he has been freelance, and he's always been able to find work as a freelancer. And the fact that he's always been able to find work as a freelancer is kind of interesting, because there is a glut of graphic designers in the market. There are so many graphic designers even more so since the gatekeepers of that industry have fallen. You know, the days when Photoshop was this super expensive software that you could only really access if you, you know, were professionally at an organization or through the university where you got your education are gone. You know, Adobe Creative Suite is, I think, 20 or $30 a month now. So the barrier to entry of needing to know this leading industry software has fallen. The average person can sit down now, get a subscription to Photoshop, watch a couple of tutorial videos, and start to find their way around, and probably find some work as a graphic designer. My husband has a university degree in graphic design. But you don't have to have a university degree in graphic design anymore to be a designer. There are so many people competing in the graphic design world. And in fact, a major point of contention that I hear discussed among graphic designers is the website Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, where somebody can go onto Fiverr and put something out there saying, I would really like a logo, and a bunch of people will compete to get a logo to somebody for sometimes as little as $5. I mean, imagine that if the industry you were going into, the competition had become such that people were competing over a $5 logo. That is a crowded industry. In coaching, coaches are going to make money based on, if they go the entrepreneurial route, coaches are going to make money based on how much time they put into their marketing over the long haul. And it has to be consistent. And what I talk to people about, and I've mentioned this in other Craft of Coaching episodes, there's another episode on how life coaches make money. So if you haven't heard that episode, head on over to iTunes, scroll through the list, you'll see there's um, an episode on how life coaches make money. I talk about how making money as a coach is about consistency over time. It's not even about getting the perfect marketing message down because your marketing message will probably change over time. It's about consistency, putting yourself out there, having something to say and consistently saying, here are the problems I see people facing. Here are the solutions that I believe coaching can help them provide. And doing that over time, and over time on average, it's gonna take eighteen to twenty-four months for someone to regularly see clients coming in the door. Not always six figures. I don't I don't go that route. I don't sell people on that, and I think it's very manipulative when you see those Facebook ads where people are going, I made six figures as a coach in six months, I think they're either lying or they're the one outlier who managed to get lucky and they're pretending as though that can be replicated for everyone to get your money. And that kind of sucks. They really shouldn't do that, but they do. So instead of thinking about it as, how can I replace my corporate salary if you're in a corporate job as quickly as possible with coaching income? I think that it's a much more easeful and sustainable approach to say, If I market myself consistently, in approximately 18 to 24 months, I will be able to start replacing parts of my salaried income with coaching income. And there are different ways that people do that. So some people do it by uh, taking on coaching on the side, evenings and weekends, outside of their nine-to-five job. And then the money that they earn from that goes into a savings account. So that when they go approach their current employer and they say, hey, it's time for me to go part-time with this, they have basically the same amount of money every single month because they can rely on their savings to supplement that other half in case things get slow. Another way that I've seen people do it is to do building their business alongside their salaried position. And then to go ahead and um, put all the money from coaching into a savings account and then when they feel ready to completely and totally leave their salaried position, they have that cushion. But in our program, we always recommend taking time to build yourself a runway. Think about a plane taking off. If a plane is trying to take off, it needs a certain amount of runway to get air under its wings. And adding financial stress by trying to quit your job as soon as possible usually doesn't help. I often encourage people to think of a salary job as being like their venture capital fund for their business that they're building. But here's something really great that's ended up happening for a number of our graduates. I have started to hear stories. And this is not something I anticipated when people initially joined our program way back in 2014 when, you know, we had the first trainees, and in 2013 when I was developing all the curriculum, I had not anticipated that people would end up being able to find salaried positions that would make use of their coaching skill set. That's right, salaried positions that would be able to make use of their coaching skill set. This is pretty exciting. I have heard stories of people who thought that they were going to leave their company and then ended up being able to make a lateral move within the company where they went from a position that didn't involve coaching skills to a position that did integrate those skills. So salaried job, and now they basically are doing coaching leadership type training within their organization. How cool is that? The entrepreneurial route is not the route for absolutely everyone. I've heard stories of people who have been working um, in, in the foster system to help when somebody is um, awaiting placement to basically be that point person and they get to use their ki- their coaching skill set to be that point person as a child is making a transition into the fostering system. I have heard stories of Our graduates being able to use their coaching skill set in college admissions? Um, That is amazing to me. The idea that somebody is able to use their coaching skill set and go into a college environment where the coaching skill set of asking questions, deep listening, mirroring, strategic problem solving that that isn't consulting, because consulting goes the route of saying, here's what I think you should do, and coaching goes the route of, We're going to take the information and we're going to distill it through a process of asking questions, trying things on, role playing, seeing what fits and what doesn't, diving into our intuition. To be able to bring all of those skills to a salary job and somebody else is basically supplying the clients or the teams with which you do that work, that's pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. So whenever somebody asks me about how to get those salary jobs or what kind of salary those nine-to-five salary jobs pay, again, the answer is it's widely variant. It depends on the type of college somebody's at. Obviously, big universities pay more than small junior colleges. It depends on the part of the country someone is living in. Big metropolitan areas pay more on average than small, smaller and more rural areas. So what I'd like to ask anybody listening to this now to do is to just consider for yourself what kind of salary would be a stretch for you. Whatever kind of income you're making right now First question would be, how can I make that with my coaching income in some way? Coaching income as defined by entrepreneurial coaching, where you go out on the market and try to find clients, or, you know, a salaried position where you get to make use of your coaching skill set. So ask yourself, how much money am I making now? How can I start to make that through coaching? And then stretch yourself just a little bit. How could you make that, that stretched salary through coaching? Take some time to write it down if that works for you. And really think, too, about what this salary would provide for your life. Because what I find most of the time when I'm talking with trainees, and it certainly has been true for me, is that there are certain things that can't be quantified. I can't put a dollar amount on how good it feels to not have to be ruled by an alarm clock, or the, that, the, that my immediate morning is not about throwing on clothes and getting into a car and sitting in traffic on a long commute. There's really no dollar amount that can be put on that. I can't put a dollar amount on what it's like if my daughter has a special event at her school, to be able to work that into my schedule and attend that special event. There's no money, there's no figure associated with that. There's no dollar amount that can be associated with the fact that today at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm gonna go have an acupuncture session, right? That freedom, that ability to follow your creative pursuits is of value. Now, I don't recommend that people jump straight into entrepreneurial coaching as a full-time endeavor. I think it's better to make it organic and easeful and sustainable to build into it. So the first place that I would recommend anyone starts is by thinking about how they would replace their current job's income with coaching income. And then from there, asking themselves what the most easeful, sustainable route to that is. Like, if you knew right now that there was some kind of a job out there that you could do in a nine-to-five capacity where you would use all coaching skill set all the time, would you just be so excited about that opportunity? Or are you in more of a position of, no, (laughs) I need out of the office, I need to be doing my own thing. And if that's you, I totally get that too. It's more about deciding a direction you want to go in. And these directions are always movable. Just because you start building your business on the side doesn't mean that you can't also have salaried income keeping everything stable as a foundation underneath you. You really do get to do this any way that you want to. And our industry needs people who deeply care about the craft of this work. So the sooner that you enter it, in my mind, and start making steps towards this work that you ultimately want to do in the world, the more prepared you'll be if the day arises when you need to make one of those harder decisions like, hey, is it time for me to completely and totally depend on self-employed coaching income? The sooner that you start that process of figuring out who you are as a coach and what it is that you want, the better equipped you'll be the day that you decide what your ultimate aim with this career is going to look like. So at the end of the day, I know that I'm not giving you any absolute concrete answers about what a coaching salary looks like. There are none, but I really do hope that something about what I've shared today has helped you make decisions about what your next move will be in becoming a coach. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment to give us a rating in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, ah, so helpful because that helps other people to learn about this podcast and also listen in. You might also wanna become a subscriber so that you always get the latest episodes. If you head over to the Courageous Living Coach Certification website at teamclcc.com, that's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C dot com, and sign up to be a subscriber, not only will you get the first information about whenever we open up enrollment, you will also get access to a number of bonuses, like our Become a Coach video series, invitations to webinars on the craft of coaching, and so much more. So I hope that I see you over there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day.